improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host, Dr. Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Welcome to Under the Influence and it's episode 99. So when I started the podcast a couple of years ago during lockdown, I really didn't anticipate that it would be still going 99 episodes later, but it's been incredibly rewarding and I love the feedback that I get from you guys. So uh, if there's stuff that you'd like to share with me kind of in celebration of being about to hit our 100th episode, I would love to hear from you. So please send me a message, send me an email, whatever mode of communication works best for you. Let me know what your favourite episodes were, who your favourite guests were, who you'd like me to have on, or any topics you would like me to address in the second hundred. So on today's episode, I'm joined by Bettina Tornatora, who's a chiropractor who for many years practised here in Australia. She now is in Barcelona in Spain, and as you'll hear in the podcast, she is working at the Barcelona College of Chiropractic working with the students there and they are incredibly fortunate to have somebody of Bettina's calibre, both in terms of her chiropractic perspective, but also her business perspective, her uh, life upgrade perspective, her personal development perspective. She's a really brilliant woman, a brilliant chiropractor, and there's a lot you're going to take away from this episode. It's quite a deep episode, so I think there's a lot of depth to the content in terms of what she's sharing. So I think you will love it. If you're looking to sort of take Bettina's lead and follow your curiosity and develop your skills in chiropractic, I recommend that you check out the Certainty Workshop. Uh, the link is in the show notes. The idea of this is really to spend some time working on your perspective, working on your understanding and clarity around the application of the chiropractic philosophy through defining a paradigm and then using that to determine what procedures and communication procedures you're going to use in your practice. So really fundamental work that leaves you a stronger, more capable chiropractor at the end of it. Uh, link is in the show notes and there's free episodes you can check out to see if it's for you. If you're wanting to focus more on communication, I recommend you check out Retention Recipe 2.0. It's going to show you a framework for the first 12 visits that you can tweak to your own style, but it will help you connect people with the big picture of chiropractic, that how their body works influences everything that they do, and chiropractic care can be a part of a healthy, active lifestyle, doing the things that make life more meaningful. So again, link is in the show notes. There's some free preview lessons that you can check out to make sure it's the program that you want to dive into. Uh, Visby and I will be doing our Grow Your Tribe in-person workshop in Queensland 26th of August. The link will go up soon. Um, without any more announcements, please welcome to the podcast Dr. Bettina Tornatora. Hi Bettina, great to see you. Thanks for coming on board. Oh, hey, Martin, it's good to see you too. Yeah, it's been a long time. Absolutely. Well, when you shift to the other side of the world, it makes our 
opportunities to see each other a little different to when we lived in neighbouring suburbs uh, until your recent sojourn. So, um, yeah, so good to see you. And so much has changed. So um, normally I start off with a couple of questions that go under my sort of influence idea, but I, I reckon because your situation has shifted so dramatically, we should just have a chat about what's happened with you over the last couple of years. So did you maybe want to say your... Mm-hmm. The, the thumbnail of your chiropractic journey just in the last couple of years, and then we can delve further back uh, later in the discussion. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so um, at the tail end of lockdown in uh, in Melbourne, um, it was suggested to me that perhaps my next role in chiropractic might be in education. So, after uh, 30 years of hands-on practice, um, we um, up and moved to Spain to um, take up a role here at Barcelona College. And so it's been, a, <laughs> been an interesting process. It's, um, it's, it's one of those things, you know, if you, if you use words like legacy and purpose and, um, you know, following your heart and you say that often enough, then um, when opportunities come, you have to sit and you have to look at them. And so the next obvious choice apparently was that um, after coaching and teaching for years in different formats that I would do that in a more formal way in, a, in an institution, I guess, if you like. So that's kind of the, the thumbnail and now I'm coming up to the end of the first academic year that I've been in that space. And um, I was just saying before that, you know, we talk about exponential growth curves and I think uh, mine's been more like a vertical graph if we had to draw it. <laughs> I can imagine. So it's, it's, it's very different, <laughs> So, but in, in a good way. Because I, people in Australia will know you, but you've had already, a, I guess, a a broad and interesting career where you've been in practice in a number of locations and we'll come back to that and you've had a very successful practice here in Melbourne and had associates and you've coached a lot of chiropractors and taught a lot of seminars and so you've had those sort of positions but then to go to another country and go into a more formal academic kind of position sounds like a pretty radical different environment and a different skill set is that a fair assumption yeah (laughs) yes well it was funny because when we came we knew we were moving to another country and we'd learn a new language right so we're living in Spain so we figured we'd learn Spanish and obviously um, I wouldn't do it any other way and you know that was that was that was kind of accepted and then when I got here I realized that there's a whole nother language and it's called academia and it's 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 a it's another language again and so you know we landed here on July the 2nd uh, last year in what has been according to the locals one of the hottest summers um, that they've ever had in fact that the whole of Europe was blanketed with this incredible heat and uh, here I was literally melting into a puddle trying to understand you know, a million new acronyms and how formal assessment work and working with the structures within um, a university level. And, um, yeah, it's certainly a new skill set. Nothing I'd learnt before could have prepared me, but it also was a foundation. So I think the thing that actually has been consistent in all of that is I'm adding new skills and the how-tos, but the why-to never changed. And that yeah. was why we came in the first place. It was yeah. 
you know, I keep, I say to the students all the time, you know, yeah, I listen to the gripes about this and that and the exam and this assignment and la, 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 the usual story that students have for you. But I, I keep coming back to you understand I'm here to work for chiropractic. And that's the reason I uprooted my life and made it much more complicated than it, than it was. Um, and put myself in a place where I had to do some very, very steep learning um, was because I saw a vision for chiropractic. And I had continually been saying when I met new graduates, um, what's going on here? There's something missing. These, pe these people are not being prepared um, and they, they, they're struggling. And that really disheartened me because my view is we need as many chiropractors on the planet as we can possibly create. Um, we still only see such a very small percentage of the population. And so we can't afford the attrition rate that was happening and that I was seeing, you know, day in, day out as a coach. And the questions they were asking made me ask the question of, okay, I can see that you're drowning, but who's throwing you in? Yeah. And what, you know, what's what's the upline upstream? And of course, if you ask that often enough, you get a tap on the shoulder, and Innate says, "Hey, <laughs> uh, guess what? <laughs> it's you. We've got to go up yeah. there and see." So, so that's what I've been doing. Fantastic. Yeah. So I can see that you know your existing skills that. I think the struggle that you look at in academia has often been stated that, you know, the people that in professions like chiropractic, where the choice of practicing, where it's a great lifestyle and it's immediately rewarding and there's not much bureaucracy. If you want to do something, you decide to do it and it's implemented the next day. There's that, there's a lot of sort of that immediate reward and financially it's rewarding that there's always been this challenge that people who have been successful in practice are less likely to go into academia because that there's so many of those extra hurdles and difficulties and it just it's a tougher life so you know it's fantastic that we do have people like you going back to I guess sort of have that contribution and to provide an example of what actual a successful practitioner looks like um, if we're talking to an audience of people who don't necessarily get the benefit of learning from you they're not at Barcelona College short of moving to Barcelona or shameless plug here enrolling in the now open for enrollment Scotland College of Chiropractic um, absolutely what would you be what are the sort of things that you would be suggesting like we've got somebody at a one of the other institutions where maybe things are not as philosophically aligned or however we want to put it what would you be suggesting so interestingly, actually, I got asked yesterday in, a, in a, a, a team that we were supporting over in the Netherlands by a very young graduate, um, one of the questions was, you know, with all the experience, what is the, you know, what's that golden nugget? What's that one thing that you did or do? And I, I had to think about it, but I think it comes down to this. If you know who you are, and you are clear on why you are doing chiropractic, then the rest will flow from that. You can mm -hmm. graduate as a vitalistic chiropractor or a principal chiropractor if that's what you want, no matter where you graduate from. Now, is it going to be somewhat simpler if the environment is the soup that cultivates that? Of course. But, you know, I graduated from RMIT, 
by the time we left, I don't know that there was any vitalism left. Yeah. Um, the word subluxation was banned, you know. So, but we, we, and I say we because, you know, we're often talking about my husband, Jim, and I, we were really clear on our purpose and we were really clear, not in that we could spout out these words that say purpose because I don't believe in that, um, but we were clear that we were there to help people and chiropractic was the vehicle. And I think yep. for me, that's a really important piece. And the way to do that is to understand that whatever you're learning, your personal growth and development has to be keeping pace with that. So it's the you that shows up to chiropractic. It's the you that shows up to college. If you can work on that, then everything else will fall into place. But if you don't work on that, you'll be in lag and you'll probably be in frustration or anger or irritation and all of the small daily irritations will get to you in the end. And for me, that, that's that been, I already had that held that belief, but now having had 12 months in this space, I think, you know, I want to witness those students who manage the process, who are surviving um, yeah. and thriving even. Um, they're, they're the ones who have this awareness that they it's up to them, that they have yeah. to do the growing and yeah. it's not up to anyone else to hand anything to them. Yeah. Um, so one of my questions that I normally ask is what's the influence that you are trying to have? And I sort of feel like we've already got a chunk of that. Is there anything else that we should be talking about? Because I know you have other roles beyond your role with Barcelona in a college. So is there anything else that in terms of the impact that you're looking to, to create? You know, one of the things that as I see a lot is that people being having a sense of fulfilment. And I think that that's an influence I'd really like to have is that you can have success, you know, success is, has a relative formula to it, um, but successful fulfilment is another animal entirely. And so that to me is a longevity game because if you can decide what you want and then go after it, learning along the way, learning in the process, and then have a sense of fulfilment at the end of that because what you've strived for um, has actually nourished you in some way. And yeah. I think that sense of fulfilment is, is probably the most, if I can get someone to understand that, if I can influence them in some way that, you know, they align themselves with what will fulfil them, um, yeah. then I think everybody has a better experience. Okay. And so am I correct in understanding that as well as working at Barcelona College, you're still coaching um, people as well? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if things now, are busy. And there's a... <laughs> the reason that that is, and, and I was very specific when I took this role, is because what I never wanted to become is the person who goes into this academic space and loses touch with the reality of the profession. Yeah. And for me, my pulse point of the profession is the coaching that I do. So it's I'm still getting in the trenches, if you like, with all my clients in terms of their practice, their needs, their, you know, their reaction to what's going on in whatever environment they're in the political or the registration or whatever else and that is such an important piece for me because literally I can feed that straight back into my teaching yeah. um, and I'm fortunate enough to be teaching in subjects that are you know I mean you know around business and leadership around competency and skills and so it's it's being able to actually teach from that real world experience was super important for me and I've just seen too many examples where people step into the 
the you know ivory tower of academia and lose touch and i i never want to be that person so for me that was a not negotiable and yes do i have reduced hours yes um fortunately um a lot of the, my people were in other time zones so yeah. it actually works quite nicely that i can fit them in and i'm a morning person so that helps <laughs> yeah i think it sounds like an absolute necessity if you're trying to juggle all of that so speaking of mornings, what sort of coffee are you under the influence of these days, having left the mecca of good coffee that is Melbourne? Oh, well, yes. Well, you know, double espresso at the moment um, out of my DeLonghi machine in my kitchen. Very <laughs> so, because, um, uh, yes, there is a distinct um, lack of exceptional coffee here. Having grown up in a household of coffee drinkers and coffee makers, um, yeah, I'm a little bit fussy, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah, it, but yeah so that's that's my uh, drug choice. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear that you bring that little bit of Melbourne coffee snobbery <laughs> with you to uh, to Spain. I like it. They, they can take the, the cake on all the other, the food, the wine, the lifestyle, but I sort of feel like mm -hmm. we've still got the coffee bit dialed in. Um, so totally. let, let's rewind right to the very beginning. What influenced you to get uh, involved in chiropractic? What, how did you become a chiropractor? So a few things, really, and it's, it's almost like I think of it often like one of those Venn diagrams with lots of circles and yeah. in the middle is chiropractic. Yeah. So... I realised I was always fascinated with the body. I played a lot of high-level sport when I was a kid. So I was always fascinated with how the body moved and how it worked. So that was one. Um, I had my my mother's side of the family were very much, uh, was, that's my German side, they were very yeah. much questioning of modern anything medical really. So they were, you know, way into back then, I mean, this was unheard of, alternative therapies. And so um, I had that kind of questioning nature, which also kind of fit in. I was, I knew it had to be working with people. I was never going to be the kind of person that sat in a cubicle and shuffled papers all day. It needed to have people contact. And I also knew very early in life I wanted to have a family and I wanted flexible working hours to do that because of the kind of parent that I wanted to be. And so, you know, you, you just, when I really draw the concentric circles, I'm like, yeah, well, again, chiropractic fit the bill. Um, and yeah, it was just once I knew, and I remember it was very close to around my 16th birthday that I, I, I'd been under chiropractic care, you know, I don't even remember where it started, but it was way back. Yeah. Um, but it was around my 16th birthday. And I remember my mother actually standing, I could tell you it was exactly, I can see the memory like I'm watching a movie. She, we were standing in the kitchen discussing subject choices for the following year. And that, of course, meant was I choosing the science stream or the other stream. And that led to the conversation about what I might do. And uh -huh. she had been to the chiropractor that day and I was telling her about all these things I wanted to do and all the, you know, my tick boxes. And she said, what about chiropractic? And honestly, never changed my mind from that point. From that minute on, I went, oh, yeah, that's it. And that was wow. it. it that's amazing. Never changed. So yeah. who, who so, was the chiropractor that you were seeing at the time? Um, Jared Power in um, oh, yeah. in Mildura, Mildura yeah, yep. which is yeah. So we were. I was living there. Mildura is a very strong chiropractic town, and so yep. people either knew a chiropractor or went to a chiropractor. But yep. it was 
until I moved to Melbourne, I didn't know that chiropractic was something people didn't know about. I couldn't believe that there were human beings who didn't know what chiropractic was. Um, so that was very strange for me. And I had the most gorgeous moment um, speaking at an event in Melbourne um, many, many years ago and certainly a long time since I was a kid in growing up in Mildura. And um, I'd spoken and then walked off and in the break, Jared came up. He was actually at the event and um, it was really beautiful to be able to say yeah. to him, you know what, you're part of the reason I'm here. And because he was, you know, saying well done on what I had achieved. And I said, well, you know, you you started it your amazing adjustments were the beginning so yeah, no, it's pretty cool Jerry is a is an amazing chiropractor a lovely guy he's for people outside of Australia uh, or even probably people who have been in practice over the more recent years he was one of a group of brothers who all became chiropractors and I had the I guess the privilege of practicing around the corner from Jerry's brother Laurie who practiced just around the corner from me in South Melbourne for many years and retired a couple of years ago and Still, probably every couple of months, I'll have somebody coming in who, as a new client, who just can't quite uh, has finally given up on trying to uh, live life without chiropractic. But they were, I think Laurie was so exceptional, they sort of figured nobody could be as good as he was. So I'm trying to become a, a good second to uh, Laurie's first for those people. So, yeah, exceptional family, great chiropractors. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And so yeah. along that sort of journey, so you decide as a 16-year-old, you were, uh, you know, a, a precocious athlete. What were your sports? Um, swimming and softball. Softball I went the furthest in. Yeah. Um, and um, very annoying. And my coaches were terribly annoyed because they were both played in summer. And yeah. so they were constant competing priorities. But uh, <laughs> so softball in the end won. And I yeah. was a, well, my swim coach would have said I would, would have become a better swimmer, but my softball coach won out on that one. So <laughs> nice. Excellent. Um, so, all right, you've been inspired to become a chiropractor because of the Venn diagram theory, which I love. I love a diagram and I especially <laughs> love a Venn diagram. Um, so then you go to RMIT from, from, were you still family in Mildura at that point or? Yep. Yep. Okay. So you've moved away from home as a school leaver to, wow, that's yep. big, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. And so then sort of describe the journey or perhaps what your chiropractic influences were as you went from there and where you went to practice. Just give us the next phase of your journey. Mm. So, yeah, RMIT was a real eye-opener for me, that, that beginning. And I really, to be honest, one, financially and two, time-wise, it was a head down, but up, I'm going to learn everything you can teach me right here. And I was not one of those people who went to a lot of seminars and did a lot of stuff outside of that. Um, I'm really grateful for that now because um, I think my adjusting skills by the time I left, because it was such a high focus, were, were really good. Um, and so I could base that, you know, my practice was based on that. And then really, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, what, what are the influence? And it's this meandering series of pathways. And one of the things I love about chiropractic is that you can actually, you know, develop an interest in something and then sort of take that pathway until yeah. it gets to where you don't need it anymore. And then you, you come back. 
One of the things that was probably significant was when we, we moved to Darwin, we were associates up there for a couple of years, um, and then we bought our own practice in country New South Wales. Um, I held the, the dubious honour of being the only female chiropractor west of the Blue Mountains. Um, <laughs> and so that was uh, so interesting because... <laughs> where, were you in, where were you in New South in, Wales? In, in Dubbo. Okay, beautiful. Yeah. Right smack back in the middle. Um, and one at one point, this is pre my own children, I walked out to my CA and I said, do I have anyone above six booked in today? Wow. And she, she said, no, sorry, they will come with adults. <laughs> but no, you don't. You that All your patients are, are children. And at that point, I thought, wow, I really need to educate myself because I don't feel my education has met, has trained me for this kind of practice. So I went down, I did a couple of years of postgrad. Unfortunately, the RMIT postgrad didn't continue after that. Um, so I didn't get to finish that uh, the, the, from a master's perspective, but it gave me a real passion for it. And it's interesting now that I'm not doing hands-on, it's actually the one area that I miss the most is yeah. that, you know, there's nothing quite like for me in practice where someone would hand you a newborn child and say, please check this baby. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of great highs in practice, but that's something that I think very little comes close to that. So and, you know, along the way, I mean, always there was always this kind of solid foundation from a historical perspective. You know, I I always consider that I try and live a principled life. And so the chiropractic principles really make sense to me. Um, I'm always going back in. And now I just love that I actually get to teach the chiropractic principles in year one here, which has just oh. been such a joy um, to be able to go back and learn it again and work through it with these people who some of them have had very little chiropractic influence. Um, so it's really lovely to be able to delve into that with them and really pull them apart. Um, so they've been, you know, obviously DD and, and, and BJ Palmer. But hey, can, can I, I just get you to pause there for a minute? Because this is something that I can't... I, very commonly get asked by the students that you were identifying earlier who perhaps haven't been equipped with the having you in in first year to unpack those principles for them so they've kind of almost missed that developmental step and are looking to catch up in that regard what would you suggest for somebody who might be in practice or might be a student at a college where that's that focus on those sort of those fundamental principles isn't there. Now that you've gone back in and kind of worked out how to deliver that knowledge, are there any particular resources, books or uh, YouTube videos or whatever that you would recommend to people as a, yeah, this is, this is going to help take you to another level in your understanding of the chiropractic principles? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I realised when I started is I had to take one step back and actually understand what a principle is and, yeah. and how it influences, because I think that's something that largely in our modern world we don't think about, and they're always there, but we don't really think about them very much. So I um, would suggest, you know, if you're doing your own self-study, I would probably pull out Ray Dalio's book on principles yeah. <laughs> um, because I think that's a it's a modern day take on what a principle is and how it can influence yeah. and then it would be a matter of getting see principles to me come alive when people are involved with them you know you can certainly and I think you can actually see I've got Stevenson's textbook right here yeah. Yeah. Um, as a as a beginning point but reading that on your own 
I don't know that that's going to enliven them inside of you. Um, yeah. To me, it would be collect a group of people, you know, even just a one other person and say, okay, make a commitment. Maybe we just put this principle on the table and then see what evolves from it. Yeah. Um, because if you if you just, particularly if you're, a, you know, to, in today's world, if you're sitting in your 20s and 30s and you just picked up a book that's historical, really, it's been yeah. written, you know, in 1927, that's not going to really awaken anything in you. It's just going to seem like old stories. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of sit down with someone or a group of people who are interested and then explore them. You know? And to me, a principle, the best way to learn it is Put it there, read it, think about it, and then let life happen around you and see where you can witness that principle existing because yeah. that's actually the way that you really embody it. And when yeah. you don't understand it, just leave it there. Leave it sit there until it becomes apparent um, yeah. and find people who maybe live that way and, and, and ask them questions. I think that's yeah. the best way to do it. Yeah, no, I think it's it's interesting, you know, from a communications perspective when, we, when I'm talking to people about how you can communicate the chiropractic uh, principles to people or, or encourage people to see value in chiropractic, people often want what the equivalent of I've just asked you. They want what's the one thing that people can read or say or whatever that will convince people of a certain perspective. And that's just not how we change our minds. Our minds are changed by either thinking about something and seeing things in a new light or more commonly through the things that we experience. And I think what you've just unpacked there is, and that goes for us too, even if we want to understand something, thinking that you're going to understand it just from reading it in a book, particularly a book that's, you know, green books are written in with some pretty arcane language, that that more rich uh experience and discussion and being willing to sort of percolate in an idea for quite a long time is really the path to having a deep understanding of them. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we, we see this, you know, one of the things that is just a delight is when you, we've had our third years come into the clinic this uh, in this last six months and obviously start our fourth years are getting to their end of their first year. And it's really fascinating because obviously they've learned intellectually all sorts of things about how bodies work and how processes work and and then they'll have someone show up in the, and and it's like their eyes are like this you know you can see the whites all the way around it's like yeah. oh my god and I'm and sometimes it can be really challenging and because they suddenly go oh shit you know like yeah. I don't know what to do and it's that take a deep breath but you'll never forget it now you've seen it right it's all well and good to say this is what it looks like when someone is in this situation but once you've seen it and experienced it it becomes kind of part of you and yeah. then they go back and it's amazing. They come back then and they say, oh, I went back and reread this or I checked this online or I had another look at this article. And, and it's just this, now it's awake. It's like it's been dormant and now it's enlivened. And I think principles are a really good example of that. It's live them and then yeah. see where it takes you. Awesome. Now, I distracted you from uh, a certain path, a little segue <laughs> off to the sand, but I think a really excellent segue that will have a lot of value. And I think it's a, yeah, really important distinction that you make there. So I think where we left off on your path through chiropractic, you were, you'd studied postgraduate um, paediatrics, you were in practice in Dubbo, and that's when I think I threw my interruption in there. So did you want to go, go back to that path? <laughs> 
So, yeah, so six years up there, um, then we moved back to Melbourne. Um, it was fascinating working up there. We had what we call country-run practices where we, we realised that people in the country, there's very few services of any kind um, in a lot of the smaller regional centres. And so that people struggled to come into the main centre, which was what Dubbo was. And so we took chiropractic out to them. So we either, Jim, either flew or drove out to regional centres um, and it increased the capacity for people to get checked over the year. So some of them would be a, a like when I'm in town because my tractor broke down a couple of times a year and then all of a sudden there was potential for 10 or 12 checks in the year and that radically changed things for so many people and, we you know, that was such a good experience. Um, but also just really amazing to work in a truly um, primary contact way because, you know, people would drive 400 kilometres and say, if you think I need medical attention, I'll go. Um, but, it, you know, and it, in working in the inner cities, you don't tend to have that. They've driven past 24 medical practitioners and three hospitals just to get to your practice yeah. um, and probably had opinions on things. But so working at that, I think, sharpened that clinical skills. You know, we, we yeah. I, I'm not. It's interesting, just this week in one of the students was doing uh, an exam, a neurological examination and um, the woman she was examining, I happened to be in there because it was an assessment visit and um, she went into a very violent vertigo attack in the middle of it. And, you know, it was really interesting. We debriefed afterwards. The woman was perfectly fine, but it, it passed. But yeah. it was quite, quite an event, especially yeah. for a new student who's never seen anything like that before. Um, and one of the things she said to me afterwards, she said, you seem so calm. And I thought, was it until after I reflected and I thought, yeah, I think that comes from that being that primary contact, you know, because you you get used to being in that kind of high pressure situation. And so you develop a good muscle around that, right? You just you have your capacities high on that. Um, so then after, so after that six years, we headed back down to Melbourne, mostly to be closer to family. We had two young children at the time. We bought our practice, which we then stayed in for the next 20 years, which was just truly a joy being able to, we bought a practice that had been established for many, many years. So I think by the time we finished, it was 70 plus years that wow. practice. So that was super cool. We used to say, you know, all the time there were people who had had chiropractic care longer than we'd been alive in that practice that we were taking care of. And, um, you know, that's, again, it was such a privilege to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, so and then right through into when we made the decision to to come over here and solve wow. the practice. So. Excellent. And so along that journey, who or what would you say have been your biggest chiropractic influences? There's so many. Hmm. I think, first of all, I think my biggest influence, I have to say, if I actually look back, would be my patients, hmm. the people who came to see us. I think they are the, probably the single biggest influence because they came in, they walked in with all wondrous things going on for them in their bodies and their lives, and that drove me to learn more, like, yeah. you know, like seeing so many paediatric patients. So every every time I was challenged in practice, that influenced me to be better, to learn more, to understand yeah. better. So I think that's probably the single most influential. But where that took me depended on where I was curious at the time. So, I mean, you know, and then I think about it and the person who keeps popping into my head 
in terms of my overall chiropractic influence was actually relatively recently, and that was uh, 13 years ago, was John Himwood. Yeah. Um, and I think that that sticks in my mind because, you know, we were just going along being, you know, having our practice and having our associates and all that comes with that. And we attended an event and he uh, suggested that perhaps coaching was the next step. And, of course, I just laughed at him. Uh, but knowing him the way he was, he never took yeah. that. He never took no for an answer, <laughs> which is, you know, a blessing for all of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so, so for people for people who are either new to the podcast outside of Australia or for some other reason don't know who John Hinwood was, John was just an amazing person, an amazing chiropractor who was incredibly influential on chiropractic everywhere, but in Australia specifically. So he was, he and his wife, Judy had a coaching program here, powerful practices for many years that has been influential for many chiropractors and many of the people have been podcast guests. Um, And he and Judy and others also started the DG seminar that was incredibly influential and were um, at the core of starting the Australian Spinal Research Foundation. They were editors of the CJ, the Chiropractic Journal of Australia. They were just massive servants of the chiropractic profession. And I mean, sadly, John died a couple of years ago. Uh, but he, I think his influence and legacy is certainly living on in, you know, you and I and many other people who count John as a major influence. So, yeah, amazing person. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so John inspired you to also look at coaching. So, yeah, so that was the the, the really the turning point. It was literally a right angle. We were like, again, a bit like coming here. It's like, no, we have this perfectly good life heading down this pathway. No, no, I don't think that's where we're going. And then went, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And then so off we went. And then, you know, we became one of the major shareholders of Powerful Practices. And so, and then developed Lux from that. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was you know, boots and all. And I think one of the, the amazing things about that is the, becoming the person who can then influence somebody else. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility comes with that um, because, you know, you're you're playing with people's lives really. You know, when you coach someone, you're you're helping them make decisions and um, trying to put them, put the information in front of them that's going to serve them best. So, you know, that's been amazing. I mean, you know, I feel so blessed that I've got, chiropractic family all over the world you know and um, I consider them family but they're also my influences you know Monique Andrews and Sheila Marsh and um, John Minardi and you know Mm. there's so many you know Liz Anderson Peacock like it's just so many people it's almost a list that's just too too long to even mention but at any given time I think the important thing is that you know when when we're challenged we can reach out in in this profession to those people, and I think yep. that is something that is is really unique to chiropractic. The availability of our strongest influences—they're just so willing and and able to support no matter what. And I know many many times I've reached out to the people who've influenced me the most, and you know sought their counsel or their wisdom, um, asked them questions. Um, so it's just ongoing process for me. It's you know I don't know I never know who's going to be the next. Influence influencer but it may not be someone that's a name of someone who anyone knows either it could be 
ordinary everyday person for me yeah. that, that can influence. Yeah, and I think over the time that I've known you, that's probably one of the things that I've observed that you have that you've spoken about your curiosity and you couple that curiosity with sort of a discipline and uh, focus on well, what can I learn, what can I develop, how can I grow further to serve more and those sort of things. And I think, uh, yeah, that your wide lens of curiosity means that you are learning from all sorts of different sources in, in the time that I've known you, certainly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, I always say that my two greatest coaches I gave birth to. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're now, you know, 27 and 23. Um, and ironically, all living in the Northern Hemisphere. If you told me two years ago that was going to happen, that I wouldn't have believed you. But um, one's off making his career in New York and the other one's living in London and experiencing the European lifestyle. So it's, wow. um, you know, but they are still to this day probably my single most significant influences um, because, you know, we've developed the kind of rapport and relationship now as adults where, you know, there's a truth and an honesty there that you you don't find everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. Right. That's awesome. So you sort of skipped over, you mentioned that uh, your um, coaching consulting company, Lux, um, sort of grew out of your involvement in powerful practices. Can you maybe share a little bit about what Lux is about and what uh, you do for chiropractors, what you do for people generally? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yes, powerful practices continued on for quite a number of years. Um, and then as we had coaches all over um, uh, Australia, really every state covered, um, and then we got to a point where as directors and as coaches, we were going in different directions. And so we decided that we would disband, if you like, and each, each person would take their own uh, clients into a different direction. So when we did that, Jim and I sat down and said, okay, we had already started to attract people outside of chiropractic into our work um, just by nature. And really, it was as simple as Coming back to principles, we found that chiropractic principles, well, then I don't even put chiropractic and principles often in the same sentence. I often just say principles because they're principles that can apply to business. And, um, and likewise, what we saw is we had educated ourselves on how business operates outside of chiropractic and brought those principles into chiropractic. And so we then, when we launched Lux, we launched it from a perspective that we would work with a certain kind of person no matter where they worked. Um, so we've had a really broad range of clients that we work with, you know, from, you know, landscapers to people that own gyms to a lot of chiropractors, um, but all sorts of people. We've got lawyers and dentists and, you know, a real myriad of people. But what it comes back down to is these principles. And so, you know, what are the principles? How do we get fulfilment? And who are the you that you need to become to achieve the success that you want? And that's one of the fundamental premises. So um, we're super excited. We, we have run a, um, a one-day event already here in, in Barcelona. We've got a retreat in August here on a beautiful coastal town. Um, and we We've got a couple of other events planned. So we do the group events um, and then the one-on-one -on -one coaching. But we have a few different platforms. We figure that 
you know, not everybody is ready for just straight one-on-one coaching. Um, yeah. Everyone's at a different point. You know, particularly when we look at our young graduates, um, chiropractor-wise, sometimes they need some support, but they're not quite at a place where they can manage the, the one-on-one process. So we've developed a few different programs online and things like that that they can use as a starting point. And so we'll have the link for that in the show notes. So uh, people are looking to see how they can, I guess, get a greater degree of clarity about what they're wanting to achieve, what their purpose is, and then how to turn that sense into more of an action plan in terms of who the person, who becoming the person they need to be to uh, actualize that vision and then your expertise and Jim's expertise along the side there, then um, we'll have the link to that for people to be able to look at that. So, yeah, exciting. Um, So outside of chiropractic, any other sort of life influences that you would sort of shine a spotlight on? Um, Probably outside of chiropractic, and this is going way back when I was around that same time I decided to become a chiropractor, is my softball coach at the time um, actually was diagnosed with lymphoma. And uh, he was in the Vietnam War and had been exposed to Agent Orange and he was given less than six months to live and he was he was literally the single most influential uh, adult in my world at that time even outside of my own parents Um, and so he went on a journey of exploration of learning how the body worked and because medicine was giving him no answers other than get your affairs in order um, and so he went on went on this very deep sort of exploration of, you know, nutrition and meditation and all forms of, of healing. And he actually lived for um, about five and a half years beyond wow. where they expected him to. And for me, I actually did the journey along with him. So I don't know why. I still can't explain it. Maybe it was I had that inner curiosity already or maybe I was actually open and a lot of people, you know, the adults around weren't. But, you know, all the books he read on spirituality and nutrition and all of the weird and wonderful things he was exploring, I was doing that as well. Um, So I think that's probably one of the most significant things is, and I know that it developed a never say never can do, and there's always answers. You've just got to find them um, for me. Um, So I think that was probably one of the most significant ones. Um, And I think also the, the, the playing team sport, I think that was a really significant, um, I guess, influence at the time. It, It teaches you to just keep getting back up. And yeah. particularly a highly technical sport, softball is very technical. Um, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of, you know, nuances. And so it was always something to learn. Um, one of the things I used to say I loved about it was that every time I played a game or, or trained, I learned something new. Um, yeah. There was always another skill, another dimension to, to get from that. There's actually an amazing book and it's, I don't know, Smith is the author. It's called What Sport Teaches Us About Life. It's been yeah. in and out of print um, but it's um, it's fascinating um, if you're actually interested in what team sport can actually do for a person. Um, I know once we read that, we were wholly and solely committed our children would definitely play team sport um, <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. So I think there are two, you know, I'm also heavily influenced by social researchers like Brene Brown. Um, I think she is, I don't know, speaking a language that, 
is desperately needed in the world. And I know I use her work a lot because I think it really resonates with what we need today um, to really bring us out of the funk that we've been in um, as humans. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much of your journey, so much of the wisdom that you've acquired there and so many sort of actionable perspectives that people can take to uh, sort of take their life and their career and their fulfillment with their career to that next level. I really appreciate it. And I think there's some really important distinctions that you made along the way. This sort of strikes me as one of those podcasts that's going to be worth listening to a couple of times to tease out the details for that. So I really appreciate you sharing so generously with me and with the audience. So and I'll look forward to seeing you in a few days' time at the Edinburgh Lectures. Can't wait. Thank you, Martin. And, you know, as always, thank you. You just, you're just one of those people that's always there just working away and supporting people. And, yeah, I just I'm, I'm in so much gratitude for you. So thank you. If you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.